Welcome to the Notes by Your Music Artist Impact Podcast, helping you gain confidence, grow your talent, and advance your impact. Here's your host, Paul Gibbs. Well, thank you very much. Hey, everybody, welcome to the podcast. Good to be with you again. So, for many years, I was in bands. I mean, this goes back to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna show my age here. It's okay. Um, one of the first songs I learned on the guitar was probably "Last Train to Clarksville" by the Monkees. Am I dating myself here? I also had. <laughs> what do all these songs have in common? Here we go. We're gonna give you <laughs> get you started here. I had an an LP, a record. Yeah, an LP by uh, The Ventures. Yeah, a very popular instrumental guitar group back in the 60s. It was like, learn to play guitar with The Ventures or something like that. And then uh, I remember buying a book, a very thick book. It was all of the Beatles songs at, at, up until that time. We're talking 1960, I don't know, six, seven, somewhere in there. Anyway, so learned a lot of songs over the years. My friends and I, I just, we learned whatever songs seemed to be popular. We learned a lot of Beatles songs, a lot of, a lot of monkey songs. We did the other, a few other monkey songs, like I Wanna Be Free. Remember that one? Stepping Stone was another one by the Monkees. Remember that one? Yeah. <laughs> well, Paul, where are you going with all this? I don't know. So over the years, I was in different bands, and uh, we learned a lot of songs, the popular songs of the day, playing at wedding receptions, nightclubs, parties, you know, wherever. Well, what do all those songs have in common? Here's, here's the bottom line. Yeah, I'm coming to something here. They were all cover songs. That's what we did back then. And because you were playing at parties, you were playing at high school dances. We played a lot of junior high and high school dances. We played what people wanted to hear, and we played the songs that we liked. So we did cover songs. So the title of this episode is To Cover or Not to Cover? That is the question. Or maybe both. Well, let's talk about this because uh, I want to give you some uh, insight as to, uh, and I want to get yours as well, as to, you know, should you do cover songs or should you not do cover songs? Okay, and I know some people, uh, many of you listening, hey, you have uh, specific thoughts on that. And some of you really haven't gotten to the point where you really need to decide on that yet. And some of you just don't care, but you figure, well, this is a, always an interesting podcast that Paul and or Nate get on and talk about stuff. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's get serious about this. So um, first, I want to give you some uh, some very popular cover songs that you might not know that are cover songs. For example, Stand By Me. I think of that song by Benny King, 1961. But did you know it was covered by Otis Redding in 1964? Mm-hmm. Here's a big one lately uh, in the last couple of years, maybe. I'm not sure just how long it's been. Oh, it's been out since 2015. Okay, it uh, goes back farther than I thought. The Sound of Silence by Simon and Garfunkel. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I like the version, hello, coffee, my old friend. I've come to drink from you again. Yeah, I love that. 1965, and then the group Disturbed 
put that out again in 2015. Now, I think of Manfred Mann, 1976, song called Blinded by the Light. I used to like that song, Blinded by the Light. But did you guys know? I wasn't aware that Bruce Springsteen did that in 1973, three years before. Okay, how about how about this one? Here's one that I definitely didn't know, and I bet you did. I bet you guys didn't either. Ray Charles, great singer songwriter, great entertainer over many years. 1960, among his many many other songs, and I thought he wrote this one, Georgia on My Mind. Georgia, Georgia. Yeah, Ray Charles, 1960, had a big hit with that. But Hoagie Carmichael came out with that song in 1930. Mm. Well, here's one I did know about, and I wish I had a dollar for every time I sang this song, because we did it in just about every band I was ever in. Creedence Clearwater Revival, 1969, big hit, Proud Mary. Yeah. How many of you have sung it? How many of you played it? How many of you have danced to it? All right, there you go. Well, of course, you know, uh, I did know this. Ike and Tina Turner had a big hit with that in 1971. Hmm. Couple more for you. Elvis, 1956, with You Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog. Well, three years before that, it was a hit for Big Mama Thornton in 1953. Okay. Uh, Those of you who are, I'm going to put it this way, younger than me. (laughs) Uh, Whitney Houston. You know the song I'm talking about? Yep, 1992. It's been that long. I will always love you. Yeah, but you guys knew that Dolly Parton wrote that, right? But she released it uh, as a hit in 1974. All right, one more. And this is a song that I played many, many times as well, where every time we played Proud Mary, we played this one. And the Beatles, 1963. Back then, I thought they wrote it. But they didn't write all their songs, most of them, but not all of them. They didn't write this one. The Top Notes, a group called The Top Notes in 1961, came out with it first, and it was Twist and Shout. Well, shake it up, baby. Twist and Shout. Yeah. So there's, uh, and maybe you've got some more. If you want, uh, if you uh, have one to share, please do. Uh, remember that our email is info at notespiremusic.com, or you can just uh, put, put some comments uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, uh, or, you know, whatever. And our website, of course, is notespiremusic.com. Well, there are countless success stories, and there's just a few of them of people blowing up, <laughs> of artists and groups blowing up after releasing a fresh interpretation of another artist's song. In fact, some newer versions of the songs have actually done better and outshined the original artist rendition. And I think of uh, the Hound Dog by Elvis. I mean, I just don't, you don't think about that song of anybody but Elvis. All right, same with maybe Twist and Shout with the Beatles. Okay, uh, so, you know, as, as we talk about this, we have a dual opportunity here, don't we? So I'm going to talk about now about what a cover song can do for you as an artist or a band and why you should consider doing cover songs if you haven't or maybe you want to continue doing them and maybe do more if you've ventured into it a little bit. 
All right, so you're putting your own, here's what you're doing. When you do a cover song, you're putting your own personal stamp on a song that, to one extent or another, is already proven. All right, which gives you a chance to invite listeners in to what you're doing with a, a something with something simultaneously familiar, but also fresh. You know, we're we are com- constantly bombarded with cover songs. I mean, it's it's uh, and it's hard actually for a cover song to stand out unless it checks a few different boxes. So let's talk about the boxes that we need to be uh, we be to be checking here. First of all. Your audience doesn't have to listen to the song and say, hmm, do I like this song or do I not? They may already like it. There's a familiarity to it. And at the same time, you're instantly defining your own sound, your own sensibilities as an artist. Since a listener already has a frame of reference to recognize your, shall we say, stylistic differences. So, and now if we put aside that possible benefit of reaching new listeners, because that's what you are trying to do here, learning covers can also help you become a better songwriter. A personal note here, I learned an awful lot about writing songs during those years, and there was many years, uh, from the time I was like 15 probably, up until the mid-90s. That's all I did in bands was was cover songs. I learned a lot about songwriting, song structure, instrumentation, all of that stuff. So learning covers, like I said, can also help you become a better songwriter, a better producer, and maybe a better and also a better performer. So as you reconstruct, if you will, a successful composition, you can later, you can then incorporate similar musical and production ideas into your own songs. That's assuming, of course, that you do want to and, and, and are writing your own songs. We're not saying that you have to do that. Uh, or if you're just going to do cover songs, you know what? It helps you be a better producer, a better arranger, because you're taking, you know, whatever you do, you're learning from it. So what's the benefits of doing cover songs? Well, there's recognizability. I'm not going to say that again because I got it out once correctly. That's that's it. Uh, <laughs> which, which you know, that can be very inviting to listeners. I recommend, and I do this myself, guys. I do this myself when I'm out there performing. And I, you know, I do gospel and Christian music. I always do cover songs uh, in addition to my originals because there's a familiarity. People, I know that people want to sing along, especially when you're talking about Christian music. They want to be able to recognize the songs that you do, be able to sing along with the songs that you do. It's the songs that they love. I mean, when I do a rendition of In the Garden or The Old Rugged Cross or How Great Thou Art, it just, you know, that is always, it, no matter what you do with a song like that, it's going to resonate with your with your listeners, your audience. So again, uh, it can be very inviting, let's put it that way, to listeners. And there's proven value of these songs. There's proven value in these songs in the marketplace. So you don't have to stress, think about this, you don't have to stress and worry about the quality of the songwriting because it's already done. You follow me? All right, where if you're when you're writing an original song, well, there's that extra effort into it. And I'm not saying that's bad, and we're going to get into that in a minute. But when you're doing a cover song, the the song is already written. You may be rearranging it, you may be producing it differently. 
but it's already been written. And it can also offer a clear, shall we say, impression. At the same time, it's, it's recognizable. Depending on how different you make it, it can offer a clear impression of your unique style and sound. Since, very likely, the track, the song, is going to differ from the original. Now, there are cases. I'm going to do a side note here. We, uh, we recorded an album here at Notespire for an artist named Sarah Collier. She did all cover songs, except for one original that she didn't write, but a friend of hers did. And we, so we had some liberties with producing that. But the songs that she did, and her album is called Keep the Light On, Sarah Collier. You can look that up on Facebook, uh, online. Her, her music is out there everywhere. We did our best to make the songs as close and true to the original as we could. But yet, even so, and you may do that as well. But even so, there's going to be an element of, of individuality to them. And you may, you may decide, I don't want, like, you take that, yeah, Sound of Silence by Disturbed. Uh, really, it's very, very unlike, very, very little like the original, but that's great. That's okay. So uh, you may have some search benefit. What's that mean? Well, if people are looking for good versions of a song, or they're looking for a particular song that they like, guess whose version is going to be showing up in the list? Yep, yours. So that gives you a benefit of attracting and and finding new new fans, shall we say. And going along with that, here's another word I'm going to try, an algorithmic... (laughs) Whoa, that's good, Paul. That coffee's kicking in. And I'm going to try it again. An algorithmic boost, meaning if you're one of the first artists to release a cover of a current hit, well, there you are in the list, in the search list. And, of course, uh, and again, writing right on the heels of that is uh, a playlist potential since there are so many third-party cover song playlists you're very likely to be able to to get on there. All right, let me ask you a question. I'd like to see if we can get some people to respond to this. Again, our email is info at notespiremusic.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We're uh, Notespire Music. YouTube is Notespire Music TV. Lots of great videos there that you can check out. So my question here before we move on is do you, as an artist or a band, do you do cover songs? Do you do just originals, or do you do both? Myself, as an artist, ever since I've been doing Christian and gospel music since the mid-90s, I have done both. That's just my, my decision. I know artists and bands that only do covers. I know artists and bands that only do originals. You know, there's no wrong answer, but I would love to hear uh, your response to that, and maybe on a future podcast, we could, you know, give the results of a, our little uh, informal uh, poll here. And maybe we'll even do a poll on our, on our Facebook page. How about that? Notes by our music on Facebook. Yeah, okay. Maybe we'll do that. So respond if you would, and let me know. Covers, originals, or both? We'd love to, love to know that. 
Also want to just remind you before before we move on about Notes by Radio, and you may be listening to Notes by Radio right now, WNSMDB. Uh, we have a Facebook page for the radio station. That's Notes by Radio on Facebook and Instagram, and you can find uh, Notes by Radio at notesbyradio.com, and you can also download the app on the Play Store for your Android or Apple phone. You can download the new app, which we, uh, you know, we're excited about this. <laughs> Everybody has an app. You know, big deal. So you get an app, so what? Everybody else has got one too. But you know what? It's a big deal for us. That, and it's very simple. Why? Why? Because we didn't have one. Okay. All right. So check it out. Uh, download the app. No, just go. Just search for Notespire at the App Store or the Google Play Store. All right, let's move along here. So uh, you know, I think when bands focus on performing live, especially if their their forte is wedding receptions, uh, parties of any kind, maybe clubs. You know, things that the bands that I used to be in. Uh, did it it's you, you got to do cover songs you can throw an original in there now and then uh and in the later years we actually did have a couple we threw we we would throw in sometimes but we did cover songs why because that's what people wanted to hear but there are other cases where uh you can do and you want to do and you should do original songs maybe all original songs maybe maybe so let's talk about that because there are things that a cover song cannot do for you cannot do for you now what's so the obvious danger of a cover song is that you spend all this time recording it arranging it and then releasing it and guess what happens nothing you don't reach as many people as you had hoped for the cover song just doesn't open any doors for you. It doesn't get on any playlists. And you're like, oh, well, so much for that. I'm never doing a cover song again. <laughs> okay. Well, you need to know ahead of time. So let's think about this. You don't get any extra so-called points just because the song you just released is a cover. You are not guaranteed any results. So here's the bottom line. The, whatever song you're doing, original or cover, it's got to be good. It's got to be exceptional. And it's got to be, in, in the case of a cover song, it's got to be different enough from the original to offer something new. And I think if you look back at some, like some of the songs we mentioned in the beginning of the podcast here, uh, many of those songs were, well, I, I, you know, I detected one, or, one of two things. Either they were so different from the original, that's why they were popular. Or, you know what, in, in, in other cases, more cases, it was that the original song just wasn't that popular. Like, you ever heard of Big Mama Thornton? I haven't. Hound Dog? Big Mama Thornton? I don't think so. Elvis? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, same with the Beatles. And the Beatles actually covered other songs, too. I think they covered uh, maybe uh, a Peter and Gordon song or two. Anyway, so there's a couple things to think about. You've either got to do cover a song that really didn't, you know, get a lot of traction, 
in the past. So that yours is the one that stands out. Yeah. Okay, couple other things that we need to be concerned about when we're doing cover songs. And the the first is that if you choose a song that, like we said, isn't already widely known, it might be a song that is, how shall we say, uh, some, sometimes we say a deep cut, a deep cut by a famous artist or a quote-unquote cult classic that is only adored and loved and played by a certain very narrow niche audience. Well, you're going to lose most of the benefits of doing that cover because it's, it's already got this very narrow audience, and they're probably going to ignore yours. So in other words, you're going to work just as hard to prove that this song is a great song as you would for one of your own original songs, if you do originals, because the average listener just isn't going to recognize it. You know, they didn't recognize the original, and they're probably not going to be really enthused and falling in love with yours. So, in other words, if you do original songs, probably you might want to consider just putting the same effort into your own songs instead. If you don't do originals, well, let's uh, maybe reconsider the song choice. Okay, so just keep that in mind. And another one is, uh, this is somewhat counterintuitive, if you will, that if you do find success with a cover song, there is a temptation, and I get this, to keep a good thing going. (laughs) Well, of course, yeah, you, you, you put out a cover, you get, you get great, uh, great response, great traction. Well, why not do it again? Well, okay. And if that's where you're programmed, if that's your plan, again, hearkening back to the, the bands or the artists that do wedding receptions and all the popular party things, okay, that's okay. That's okay. It's, like I said, it's not necessarily wrong. But here's, here's the caution we just want to uh, mention, especially if you do or are considering original songs as well. So over the years, you know, there have, there have been artists and bands that are very talented, and what happens is they slip into the full-time cover song mode, and they never get around to doing original songs. But I want to say quickly... Guys, if that's a route that you want to go down, fine, absolutely, do it. I mean, I can't, I can't count how many cover songs uh, I played and sang over the years. And you know what? A, a couple of bands, and I'll just side note here, the, probably the first cover band that I was in for any length of time was called Traveling. And then the last band I was in was together for like 11 years, and we were called Sensation. And we had great success doing the clubs and doing the wedding receptions and doing cover songs. And I think we got pretty darn good at it, if you ask me. Original songs, not even on our radar screen. So that's okay. But here's, here, here's another thought. If it's a path that you found yourself on because your cover songs are the only thing that's getting traction, you, you don't want to ignore your writing talents, then you might want to just reevaluate things a little bit, put some renewed emphasis 
on the original music that you want to write or that you are writing, you know what? Use that, just like I have over the years, use that talent, that experience, and that you've learned by doing all those cover songs, apply that to your original music. Do it. So as a general rule, you know, it seems wisest, is it seems wisest for songwriters to use cover songs as, let's say, uh, additional or optional, additional releases. And covers can be a great thing to try occasionally, but for songwriters, it's probably not where you want to put all of your energy. So let's recap the dangers, the negatives of cover songs. First of all, covers still require the same amount of work, pretty much, to promote and you have to have realistic expectations. You know, you got to plan up front that just because it's a cover song, just because somebody's heard the song before, doesn't make it an automatic success. Next, the cover does not necessarily beat the original. Sometimes it does, but not usually. So you could, if again, if you're a singer-songwriter, why not spend that effort on your own songs? Okay, if that's the case. Uh, Again, your cover could be too obscure, in which case, if you are a songwriter, why not release one of your own songs instead? And finally, as we said, success with cover songs can distract you. And you really have to decide, do you want to be a cover artist or a songwriter? Or do you want to do both? And if you want to do both, it's, it's a delicate balance. All right, so if you're going to release a cover song, let's finish up with this. If you are going to release a cover song or songs, you want to make this song, quote-unquote, your own. So let's dig a little deeper and say that you have to know who you are as a musician. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And can the cover song you're considering showcase your strengths? You don't want it to showcase your weakness. What do I mean by that? Let me give an example. In traveling years ago, we tried to cover a couple of Beach Boy songs. The Beach Boys could sing. Man, could they sing. You, you think about those harmonies those guys were doing, the falsetto and the easy transition from full voice to falsetto, the harmonies. Uh, we, we could not even come close to, to singing like those guys. That was our weakness. Uh, you know, we could harmonize good. We had three guys that could sing, and, we, and we, we did a lot of harmonies and stuff. But that falsetto work that the Beach Boys do, we just, no. Anyway. So don't try to take on and and duplicate something that you're just not good at. Just recognize that. It's okay. Instead, recognize what you're really good at and, and, and do that and use that. Emphasize that in the cover song that you're doing. Yeah. So incorporate maybe some surprise elements. Again, going back to uh, Disturbed and Sound of Silence. I was kind of surprised the way they did that. <laughs> It was good. I just, I like, I'll always like the original better in that, in that particular case. But anyway, so make the song special, make it your own, but don't make it so different that, you know, people uh, don't even recognize it. 
Let's put it that way. Okay, don't overdo it. The song should not be, uh, shall we say, so surprising or different that it just loses all of its ties to the original. And here's another thought before we we'll leave you with this one. You should cover songs that you can easily recreate in live settings. Now, for the bands I was in, that was a given because that's all we did. So we didn't put a lot of extra stuff in there. We, we did it the way we could do it live as a four- or five-piece band. So in that way, you can diversify your live set. You can create live, uh, shall we say, vertical videos, because that's their popular now. And you can show audiences a different side of your musical personality, while at the same time they are drawn to the song because it's familiar to them. So, you know, it can be a win-win. It really can if, if you, uh, you plan it out right and, uh, and do it the right way. And, you know, you can also always try, uh, <laughs> again, I'm always going back to this example uh, of songs that we tried in bands years ago, and they just didn't work. We just weren't feeling it. The audience, well, eh, okay, you know, and, and we just we would just dump them. Other songs like Proud Mary, oh my goodness, I, every single, you, you didn't. <laughs> It, guys, it doesn't matter uh, to a point. It doesn't matter how you do Proud Mary. People are going to love it. Okay. So, you know, cover songs can do great things for your career as an artist, as a single artist, as, as a band. But, you know, they are not a guarantee of success. So as you develop your song, your producing, your song writing, your song arranging, and you're trying to grow your audience, and you're doing cover songs, make sure, let's put it this way, to make sure that the songs are helping you, and not just you, shall we say, helping the songs. So we'd love to know, uh, again, the question is, do you do covers, do you do just originals, or do you perform a combination of both. Please let us know. We would love to, uh, to hear about that. You can email us at info at notespiremusic.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Notespire Music, and also we have pages for Notespire Radio. Find us on YouTube at Notespire Music TV. Uh, if you've got songs that you would like to have considered for Notespire Radio and the different podcasts that we do, we would love to hear them. Send them to us. Info at notespiremusic.com is the email. Uh, don't forget the other podcasts that we do. We have the Jess Scott Music Hour, which I get to host every week. It's a one-hour podcast with music from independent Christian artists and a lot of fun stuff and inspirational features as well. That's every week. Comes out on Friday on your favorite podcast site. And then the Artist Insight. Now, you're listening to the Artist Impact podcast right now. We also have the Artist Insight podcast, which is interviews with independent Christian artists and telling you a little bit about their life, their music, and their ministry. And that is also on your favorite podcast site. And let me just say, if you'd like to be a guest on the Artist Insight podcast, please let us know that too. Info at notespiremusic.com. All right, it's been great to be with you. I uh, hope that you will tune in next time. We love doing this. We love bringing you tips and topics to help you 
do what God has called you to do. So until we get together next time, please do take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. I'm Paul Gibbs. I'll see you next time. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the Artist Impact Podcast, a production of Notespire Music, LLC. At Notespire Music, we empower independent Christian musicians to grow their God-given music potential by refining their craft and extending their music ministry reach. Notespire Music, helping you gain confidence, grow your talent, and advance your impact. For more information, visit notespiremusic.com. And join us next time for the Notespire Music Artist Impact.